It's yet another cut-down day in the NFL. Teams getting rosters to 80. We're seeing some moves right now, some injury designations. It is a Twitter Tuesday episode. Tons of questions to get into. Who has the best offensive line-defensive line combination in the league? What's more predictable? Which side of the ball, offense or defense? Tons of fantasy nuggets as well. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. That's where most of today's questions will come from. Uh, some YouTube comments as well. So leave the comments and leave some questions there if you are a YouTube watcher and listener. And always thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, yet another cut down day. Everyone's getting down to 80 players today around the NFL, and they have a few hours to do it. Another uh, another deadline today is those injury designations, those pup lists. And for those players who started training camp on the pup list, it is the active pup list that they are on, and they could be uh, they could be activated anytime. But today, now as of 4 p.m. Eastern time. You have to go from the active pup list to the reserve pup list. And if you are still on the pup list, that means you no longer count on that 80-man active roster list. So a lot of teams are going to use that designation to stash a player on the pup list who might be hurt, might not be able to start the season so they can keep another player somewhere else and not have to cut uh, an injured player, not have to cut a healthy player that they wanted to keep. But if you end up on the reserve pup list, that means you must miss the first four games of the regular season. The pup list used to be six games into the season. That's changed. A lot of these rules have changed a little bit. So um, now it is six games that you or no four games that you will have to miss if you are on the reserve pup list to start the season. Yeah, and good explanation there. I'm not sure everyone knows that, and it seems to change year to year, CBA to CBA, of course. Um, this new cut five last week, cut five this week, I think is new this year, which is kind of odd to me. And I have mixed feelings about it. First of all, I always look at it from like an assistant coach perspective. Like if I'm sitting there in the linebackers room and I got a dozen guys in there, but I know we're only keeping six. Well, I'm spending time with six dudes that I really, or at least four of them that really I shouldn't spend any time with. But these poor players are doing everything possible to get my attention, you know, do one last ditch effort to make the team or make an impression. But sorry, buddy, I, I need to I need to coach up, you know, uh, the stars, the guys that are going to play. You know, I need to talk to Micah Parsons here. I can't be talking to you at the time, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there's that aspect. But we also have one more game. And if you want to sit everybody, you can't have a roster of just 60 guys either. <laughs> you know, so. Right. It's kind of a fine line this time of camp. It's it's really strange, and, and this is kind of – it's different than they used to do it, but there was the multiple cut-down system before. Then COVID happened, and then it was just all one cut-down at yeah, the, yeah. the end. That kind of made some sense. I could see one cut. I don't understand the the need to cut five and have that extra, that extra cut-down day. Go from yeah. the 90-man roster, cut 10 or 12 guys down to 80, and then go from 80 and whittle that down to your final 53, maybe. I don't know why you need to cut five last week, cut five this week, and then go from 80 to 53 next week before, uh, what is it, the 30th when when 
um, that that final cut down day is. So um, I don't know why the league's doing exactly like this, but you're right. If you want to sit guys, you do have a need a, you need enough quote unquote scrubs out there to be able to to field the team for that mm-hmm. final preseason game if that's the way you're going to do it. So you do need some players through that last preseason game and, and you want to make your hard cuts later after that and give guys a chance to to make the roster but I sh- i'm sure every team in the league comes into camp with at least 10 or 12 guys that they know is not going to make the roster right 100 it, it definitely can be difficult to field an offensive line in particular the fourth quarter of that last preseason game you know i mean you don't want your good guys out there there's not enough of them to go around anyway uh the last insight i have on that though is is we interviewed kevin colbert two years ago or something, just asked him about the cutdown situation. And this is before that weird five, five, and then boom, full, you know, full swoop. And it was back whenever it was all one full swoop. And he didn't like it, and he thought most GMs didn't like it because you just get flooded with so many players on the market now. You know, like, mm. that's a tough day for the front office when – every team cuts 40 guys times 32, you know, like that's a lot of dudes. You I can see that your eyes in, on them though. They could work in your favor because then yeah. it's more difficult for teams to pick up your guy and you could exactly back to squad easier too. That part is true as well. Yes. Um, speaking of offensive line, you missed off, mentioned offensive linemen there. We've got some questions about offensive line. Uh, we didn't mention yesterday about the, the tough loss for the Bucks. While Tom Brady was back, he probably showed up and was like, well, what's going on here? I've, I've missed multiple <laughs> offensive linemen. Guys, now I'm yeah. going to, and now I'm going to lose the guy who's replacing the other guys, uh, guard Aaron Stinney. He's done for the year for the Buccaneers. Torn ACL, torn MCL. So uh, that's a that's a tough one, and and that leads me to our first question here. And uh, I'm going to answer it as a, the league as a whole. But Thomas, who is a Steelers fan, no doubt follows you on Twitter and, and asked you this question because he wants some Steelers insight. But Thomas says, what's the chance the Steelers trade a draft pick for some offensive line help? And my response to that is probably pretty slim because – you can't find offensive line that could actually help your football team this time of year. You might find a backup offensive lineman, but you you literally could go get a starting quarterback right now in trade easier than you can go get a starting offensive lineman. Yes, that's what I was going to say, too, is Steelers O-line's a disaster, and I'm asked this 100 times a day. Well, go trade for one. you know. But you could take the word Steelers out of that question and insert probably 20 teams. You know that There's just a shortage around the league, especially of tackles. You know, there's just fewer six six human beings and six two human beings on the planet, so there just isn't any. I mean, Isaiah Wynn is a name that's been thrown around lately that he could be on the block because I think he's getting he's losing his right tackle job, and they picked up his fifth year option, so mm-hmm. he's expensive all of a sudden in terms of salary cap. He's been a little undersized. He's had injuries. He's had a strange career path to begin with. Once in a while, you'll see a a tonsil like trade. I don't think there's any of those guys on the market that I'm aware of, and no one's going to cut anybody that's decent. So get used to what you have, folks. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. Develop your own guys. I mean, that's why offensive line coaches have been so important for so long. The most important. Right, because you've got to just find a smart, tough guy that you coach him up, and hopefully he doesn't lose a lot. Yeah, it's funny you said smart and tough, because the biggest thing I took away from my year in the league was – Offensive, and this is really a Ravens Ozzie Newsome theory that came over to the Browns with Phil Savage. Was if you're smart and tough as an offensive lineman in this league, and there's even more of a shortage now than there was then, and you at least have the baseline athleticism, you're hard to get off the field and you're going to make teams. You know, you're not going to screw up your assignment. You're going to play through pain. You're going to tough it out in the weight room and work hard. And you got enough movement skills. You're going to last and you're going to be a multimillionaire. 
And depending on what your depth looks like, like let's say the the Buccaneers want to go make a move for somebody, what are the odds that somebody else's number two that they could actually go get at guard is going to be better than the Buccaneers number two who started right, out as right. number three who's been in the system and knows what to do already? You know, right? There's there, there's the mental side of things as well on offense. And the other smart thing is, well, maybe I'm not you know fleet of foot enough to play right tackle but I can get you out of game there. I'm really a guard and I can play both of them. If you need me to, I could probably do the line calls at center and I've snapped enough. You know, maybe I can play two or three spots for you. That's invaluable. And the thing that worries me about the Bucks is injuries are always a problem, a war of attrition against injuries. But as the Ravens found out, like this time last year, clusters at the same position is just impossible to overcome. Right. Oh, yeah. You get decimated one group and you just got a guy off the street and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Protect for Tom. Mm-hmm. OK, great. Yeah. Protect for the most important asset in the league who absolutely <laughs> right. hates having pressure up the middle. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, who's uh, almost 80 years old. Isaiah wins an interesting name because, you know, he's played some tackle in his career, but mm-hmm. a lot of people projected him as a guard. He would be somewhat expensive on the fifth year option as a former first round pick at tackle. But someone you could plug in at guard as well, I would think, and, and that might be a yeah. good somebody looking for a guard if he is indeed available. Yeah, I, I mean that's a rumor. I mean, who knows if Bills field and offers or not for the guy? But they did trade Shaq Mason, which I didn't quite understand. I mean, Wins had some injuries, and he's also short for tackle, not a mauler for guard. Sometimes a tweener isn't ideal, but there's there's not much to pick from. He's the best name I can come up with, and it's not so terrible. A lot of great great NFL questions on today's program. Who is the best offensive-defensive line combo in the league coming up next? Uh, what's more predictable, offense or defense? And got some questions about the Tua draft pick and the Mac Jones draft pick, a couple of Alabama quarterbacks and their futures in the NFL. Uh, but first, we got to let the folks out there know about Athletic Greens. AG1 is something I use literally every day. I drink it this morning right before I have my decaf coffee that I'm sipping on now. I'm trying to kick the caffeine habit because AG1 makes me feel better all day than caffeine has and helps me sleep a lot better, too, without all the extra caffeine. But I love the flavor of coffee, so I kind of have to still do both and that i've found a happy way to do it and i get 75 high quality vitamins every morning with my one scoop in one delicious cup of ag1 whole food sourced superfoods probiotics adaptogens so you're helping your immune system more energy better gut health you're taking all those vitamins without taking a bunch of pills every day. It's just one scoop and one cup of water. It couldn't be easier and it couldn't be better for you to start your day that way. It's a supplement that actually tastes good. And now you feel better throughout your day and wait till day two or three or four after you start taking AG1 too, because then you really start to feel it. Lifestyle friendly, keto, dairy-free, gluten-free. It's a good way to get those uh, probiotics for uh, your tummy. If maybe you are not someone that can deal with dairy very well. You can't have that yogurt or something that might uh, be good for your gut health. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything. And it's less than your one cup of coffee every day. It costs you less than $3 a day to get all of those high-quality vitamins. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, 
That is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance with AG1. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. It's Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network, however you play. Experts from Locked On Fantasy Football, like Vinny Iyer, and experts on Locked On Dynasty Football, like my buddy here, Matt Williams, <laughs> bring you daily positional top 10 lists all week long to get you ready for the season. Find Locked On Fantasy and Locked On Dynasty Football on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, who has the best combination of offensive line and defensive line in the NFL and 76ers who shockingly wants to know <laughs> and, and is throwing the throw he's from. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh, he, he thinks it's the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think? Philadelphia Eagles best O-line D line combo in the NFL. I think so. Um, I think they have the best O-line in the league and that I feel the most confident about in this conversation. There's some other good ones. Kansas City certainly comes to mind. Um, and their deep line isn't bad. You know, Chris Jones is great. But I look at the Eagles in this conversation, and nobody stresses big people like that front office. They just, you know, they already have the backup center in tow. They, you know, they drafted um, what's his face from Alabama as like, a year ago as a guard center guy. So, I mean, they've been preparing for Kelsey's you know departure forever. They find Mulata, which is unbelievable. So I look at the Eagles and think, in this conversation, their biggest weakness is the edge guys. But it's still a pretty good group of edge dudes. And they added Hassan Reddick, and their D tackles are just sick. I mean, I know Fletcher Cox ain't what he used to be, but Milton Williams has a lot of explosive traits. You add um, you know, Hargrave two years yeah. ago, and then Jordan Davis. Like, that's a sick group. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing group. And then I like that they added speed off the edge with Hassan Reddick, too, because that's kind of what they needed um, mm -hmm. to finish up that edge group. And they've spent resources on both sides of the ball. I mean, that's pretty much all they draft and spend money on is offensive all the line. Time. Right. Line, right. And so they miss on a first round pick, but they hit on some later picks. They've got their future center in Cam Jurgens, who looks really good to replace yeah. Jason Kelsey. He's been so good for so long. Uh, I, I think it pretty much has to be that team because I think it's some other teams around the league that have really good defensive fronts uh but might be lacking on the offensive line and i think it's it's easier to find out which to figure out which teams have the better defensive lines and then see if they ha have a good offensive line too like the mm -hmm. 49ers could be really good up front but there's some questions on the offensive line even with Trent right. Williams they might have four or five new starters in week 1 compared to last year so it could go well but it could go poorly too so uh, I, I don't think there's any other answer than the Philadelphia Eagles actually no i mean i'm not saying these ones are in contention the Chargers came to mind, but are their D tackles good enough? They added to that group, and they have a right tackle issue. Um, I think the Packers, if they're two-star O-linemen or healthy, are in the conversation. You know, I mean, they're not too far off. Zach Tom looks like a real find for them. They just find guys out of the woodwork and turn them into dudes. And the Saints come to mind, but they lost Armstead. You know, I mean, there's some questions there. They replaced Armstead with a first-round pick, but it might right. take a little bit of time. By the way, speaking of pup lists, David Bakhtiari came off the pup list good, good. this week, which is a really good sign, which means he's, he's going to play in week one. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Zach Tom looks like he's going to start somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be guard, center, tackle, but uh, he's looked like a real find for the Packers. So they, they would absolutely be in contention with that, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good one, too. You know, If go, those guys are healthy and they first-round <laughs> picks all over the defense, of course. Matt, what's more predictable year to year? 
offense or defense? Uh, if you had to guess who will be the biggest defensive movers up or down the board this year, that question from Zachary. Offense is way more predictive. And I am stealing this from football outsiders um, because they've done all the homework. They've done it year after year after year. And if you read their preview, which you should probably get, it's cheap. It's super efficient. Even if you only read your team or your division, you'll learn a ton. But whenever they're predicting future, you know, the next upcoming season, they put much more faith in a good offense from a year ago than a good defense from a year ago. You know, a team, you know, like my Steelers, is a little harder to count on, but we'll just play defense and run the ball and not, you know, make mistakes on offense. It's not really how the league works nowadays. And I think a huge reason for it, obviously, is quarterbacks translate. You know, like if you have a good quarterback year after year, I know that. Tyreek is on a different team. Devontae's on a different team. Do we really think the Chiefs and Packers won't have good offenses? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll put my my name a couple bucks on. The, the good offenses should stay there. Defense is a lot less predictive. You know, I just heard this today. This is really interesting to me. Like, if you look at DVOA or really any metric, the Bills were the best defense in the league last year. And they look great. I'm not cutting on the Bills one bit. However... They played one game in the worst weather you've ever seen in your life. The quarterbacks they played against were Mac Jones in that game, Mac again, Tua twice, Wilson twice. They led off with Roethlisberger and played an unbelievably bad slate of quarterbacks. I mean, there was like a dozen quarterbacks that are below the line. And the, the real dorks out there in the analytic community figured out back to that, that one game but they played in the windiest weather of any team in the league too for the whole season, which makes sense, you know? So were they a fraud? No, they were great. And now they have Von Miller. They might be even greater, but they had some things going for them too. Yeah. And I would say that the, the turnover and sack luck, I think on both sides of the ball, yeah. those, those things can fluctuate and sacks can end a drive instantly turnovers do end a drive, you know, the, the, obviously, uh, when they happen. And, and those things are so important. And there's just luck, the way the ball, the ball bounces sometimes. And those are the hardest things. And uh, I know Pro Football Focus kind of did this a couple of years ago where there was a lot of argument. Okay, what's what's the – you know, what's the pecking order for the most value position, valuable positions year to year? And their reason for putting wide receivers over corner, they got a lot of pushback on it. But they said it's because of – the up and down nature of defenses that things can change so much year to year. So if, if those things can change that much for edge rushers getting sacks and defensive linemen getting sacks and DBs getting picks, then obviously those are game changing plays that, that are going to be up and down year to year as well. Without question and having a hard time finding it right off the top of my head, but any, here it is a, a team that really comes to mind here though, is the Cowboys. I mean, Dallas, their defense was amongst the top in the league in terms of, um, you know, final stats. But they led the league by a very wide margin in taking the ball away. And that's just not going to keep up. That's not a predictive stat. That's not a sticky stat. Maybe Diggs is an elite, you know, interceptor of the football. Maybe he's better than Joe Average Corner. But he's not better by eight picks. <laughs> I mean, he's better by one a game. Or adding Micah Parsons absolutely helped because he's a force of nature. He can rush the passer. He can affect so many things. But they're not going to lead the league in turnovers again. You know, it's just it never happens. Yep. 
Uh, that's that's well said there. So yeah, clearly defense. Could Mac Jones? This from Dave. Could Mac Jones go from the best of his class of QBs last year to the I'm worst? I'm going to interrupt you as I always do. I'm sorry. Okay, that's all right. However, special teams is even less predictive. This is really the football outsiders thing. Oh uh, yeah, well yeah, just the nature of of huge plays and the nature of right. the ball bouncing inside the twenty, getting down at the one yard line, ruin a, a complete drive for a team, or you know, just so rare to, to hit one. One guy messes up, and all of a sudden, someone hits a return all the way. It's just such a yeah. such a big. Uh, swing that it, it's just hard to quantify unless you have Devin Hester back there. Yeah, or your kicker has a bad year. And where I'm going with this is the Packers were so bad on special teams. You would think if you're that bad on special teams, you keep two core special team guys that you wouldn't have the year before, and now you go from 32nd to 20th in special teams. You know, fine. So last football outsider, Dorky Williamson note, special teams are highly unpredictable unless you're the Patriots or Ravens every year they're at the top of the league. I don't think that's an accident. Next, we've got questions about the futures of Tua, Mac Jones, which teams have the highest and lowest ceilings and floors in the NFL and what to do with Antonio Gibson in your dynasty football leagues. As you gear up for fall, though, you might need the right people to join your team and help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. And, of course, you know you're on LinkedIn. You know that's an easy place to find uh, someone who's hiring, to network with people. That network is already exists, so why not utilize it to find your next job, to find people to hire? You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job to the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word. Let you let people know around your network that you are hiring and help you find the right people. Simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates uh, with just the right skills and expertise so you can quickly prioritize the ones you want to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job free terms and conditions apply. Okay. Mac Jones. Can Mac Jones go from being the, the top quarterback from his rookie season? I think, I think most of us would agree that he played yeah. best as a rookie. Yes. Can Mac Jones go from best of his class of QBs last year to the worst this year or at least fourth as still ahead of Wilson feel like a, his natural course has got to be the highest floor and the lowest ceiling. That question from Dave. And even if you include mm -hmm. Wilson in there, uh, I, I would say there's a, there's a chance. And I wouldn't say the entire class of quarterbacks, but if you're talking about the first round quarterbacks and even throwing Davis Mills. Yeah. So I throw in Mills, but not Mond and Trask or, you know, right. Definitely not Mond. I don't know if Mond is going <laughs> to no. have a job with the Vikings next week. So I think Mills and Mack, are similar in that I think both of them have convinced me, especially Mac, but both of them that they're NFL starting quarterbacks, you know, that, that, that they're over the hump for me that I think they will start maybe not every season of their career, but I think, you know, Mac probably will. And you're not looking to replace them. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to the hall of fame, but I think that they're, 
quality players at their position. And Mills overcame much, much more than Mac did last year. And Mac faded down the stretch a little bit. But I think if you would have swapped the two of them, they probably would have done just as well in the other environment. And both would had what I consider successful rookie years and are over the hump. Now, history shows with five first-round picks, like go back to the Josh Allen class or whatever, you're probably going to get a hit or two a guy that's middle of the road, like a baker and a Rosen or two. You know what I mean? So Wilson looks the most Rosen-esque in terms of who might not get out of this thing or is, you know, quickly flushed away or not the answer. But Fields, I think, is teetering on that. Lance is a total unknown. I very much believe Lawrence will pass all these guys immediately you know I've, mm-hmm. I've watched every throw against the Steelers I've been watching them a lot I think he is a star in the making get on that train while you still can so I guess the question and I'm curious what you think especially with Lance if we have this conversation one year from now or as soon as the season o- is over not who would you rather have that's a different story someone might rather have Zach Wilson than Mac Jones I would understand that but no one's going to tell you Wilson's better than Jones right now. That's just not true. Who will be better than Mac after this season? I think Lawrence is a slam dunk. And and to say, I would say the odds that Mac Jones goes to the worst of all those quarterbacks is not. There's there's a low chance, very small chance, because he you know he's already going to be okay. I think he's, he's Baker or better. You know what right, I mean? He's past yeah. that like, oh, good, he's not a bust, and we don't right, know about right. some other guys. Now, if we were to go redraft him, which is a different question. I, I would take Lance. I would take Field still. Um, Wilson maybe not over. I wouldn't uh, take over Wilson Mac Jones at this point. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight people who wanted to say they would take Mills over Mac Jones either at this point. I, I wouldn't would either. Take I Lawrence think, over I, over everybody. So I would still take yeah. Lawrence one. Um, but this coming year, who's going to be better? Mac's not going to be the worst. I'm Mac won't be the worst. Mac won't be the worst when it's all said and done. I don't think Mills will be the worst or the worst when it's all said and done. That really leaves, though, Fields, Lance, and Wilson as who's your bust or who are these guys going to bust or three of them going to bust. History shows the answer is yes, but I'm not ready to say that about Fields or Lance at all. I mean, my opinion of those two hasn't changed since they were drafted, really. You know, I mean, they've both shown me enough. I'm just as excited. I would have the same grade on them now that I did coming out of college. Wilson, I would not. Um, But Fields fights – an uphill climb this year where I think Lance is in a much cushier situation. Sir Madridissimo says, love the show. My question is related to Tua. If all of his deficiencies are things that seemingly easy to see on college tape, arm strength being too small and fragile, isn't mobile. Why do the same analysts think he should have been a very high draft pick? It's a great question. Um, it's a great question. Mobility, I, I would say he's got functional mobility. He's not fast. He's not Lamar Jackson, but no, he can move. Mobility is not a knock for me with Tua. He, he's not big. He doesn't have a huge arm, but he's got enough arm. I mean, you just and that's the thing that it was. It was similar with Mac Jones. You saw Tua, and I was like, well, Mac Jones just came out of the same offense, and everyone looks a lot better playing with all those talented players mm-hmm. at Alabama. And then you look at okay, arm strength not a ton of athleticism. It's kind of the same thing. That's why I was like, yeah, let's let's not do this twice in a row and draft. Uh, two top five players that maybe shouldn't be there physically. Because if you're a top five quarterback in the NFL, you got to have a lot going on physically, especially what we're seeing with which quarterbacks hit these days. 100%. I mean, 
my problem with Tua, and this worried me a little bit when the with Pickett coming out too, is I don't know that they have superpowers. You know, what is Tua's superpower? I don't think he has one. He's his. There's a lot of categories, like you said, arm, mobility, size, intellect, um, ability to read defense, deep ball, decision making that are all over the line. You know, but none of them are. Wow, look at that super! Look at the arm he has, the athleticism he has, the decision making he has, the processing of Mac Jones, the accuracy. And Pickett might have those things. I know we're not, not talking about Pickett, but that was you know my, one of my concerns when I'm scouting any of these quarterbacks. I want guys with superpowers. I want freaks, you know. And, and Willis absolutely has that still. You know, he could you know lean on that potentially. Um, I wonder, and, I, and I'm curious what you think about this hypothetically. Tua is a three-year starter at Central Michigan and sets Mac records and comes out early. I don't know he's a first-round pick. I agree. I 100% agree. Not a top-six pick. I can promise yeah. you that. Right. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's tanking for Tua the year before he comes out if he's a Central Michigan dude. You know what I mean? 100% right. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree there. Yeah. Uh, Mark had a question that I teased. We're not going to get to it today. It's going to be too long, but I think it's something we should address at some point very soon. He said top five teams, teams with the highest ceilings and the lowest floors this year. I think that mm. would be a fun segment to go over, but we don't have time today. I want to finish with thought. this one, though, Matt. You being one of the co-hosts of Locked On Dynasty Football, what do you do with Washington Commanders running back Antonio Gibson at this point in Dynasty, asks Christian. What's the minimum you'd sell him for? You're not going to get much. Uh, I was very fortunate. I was all in on Gibson with Dynasty. If a year ago, if you listen to me and Ryan, you're not happy with us because you have a lot of Gibson stock. But we also told you around your rookie draft time, dump them then while you could. And I was able to do that in all my leagues. I'm in seven or eight Dynasty leagues. I own him nowhere. I think I had him in all five. And I often turned him in then for like a late first round rookie pick or a package, you know, at that point, everyone's like, man, I need a running back. I need a running back. They're so worried about their positional needs. And, you know, you could get them, get more for them. At this point, you're not going to get much for Gibson at all. I mean, if you're willing to flip them for a future second, that's about as good as it gets. And you're going to have to hope that he ends up on a different team or an injury occurs or something happens in his favor because nothing's happened in his favor, which really tells us what they think of him. I mean, we know where fantasy points come from, receiving and touchdowns. Well, I think Robinson's going to be the goal line guy, if not the starter, and I know McKissick's going to get the catches. It doesn't leave anything. Right. So to me, that's a buy low and hope that a situation changes with an injury or he gets traded and he's on another roster and gets those receptions somewhere else. Right. Uh, like what if the Chiefs traded for him? He'd go bonkers in terms of his stock. You're gonna you're gonna be sell sell low or buy low with Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson right now. It's uh for the fantasy world. By the way, more of that analysis from Matt Williamson on Locked On Dynasty Football. You can find it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're subscribed up here to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. We are on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Welcome to all the new viewers on all of the streaming platforms out there across the world. We appreciate you and we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back tomorrow. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.